Well, good morning. Welcome to all of you guys joining us at our Ashley Park campus. We're glad you're here, and for those of you watching online, we're certainly glad you took some time out of your weekend uh, to be with us. Now, if I were to ask you this question, and I don't know, maybe somebody already has asked you this question this year or at some point in your life, I wonder what your answer would be. What if I asked you, what was your best Christmas ever? And since we're talking about making this the best Christmas ever, I put a little thought into that question myself. And, well, here's my thoughts on how I would answer that question. If you were to ask me what my best Christmas ever is, honestly, it would be different today than it would be earlier in my life. I just turned 45 last week. And if you had asked me my best Christmas when I was like 25 or maybe even before I was 30, it would be different than what I would say to you today. Because if you'd asked me back then, mostly I would probably tell you about well, Christmas is based on the gifts that I got. In fact, I'd probably take you back to that one Christmas when I got the, the BMX bike with the yellow and blue mag wheels and how fast it was and how I rode that bike everywhere up and down my street. And then I'd probably tell you the sad story about how a few years later that bike was stolen right off of my front porch. But that's another story. <laughs> I'd probably tell you about the time I got my very own TV for my room and I could watch it in my room. It was the first time and it was so great. Or I'd tell you about the time that my mom tricked me one Christmas. In fact, my mom tricked me a lot at Christmas. That was like her thing to trick my brother and I. But one year she tricked me into thinking that all the gifts were opened and everything was done. And, and so she handed me this black trash bag to help her clean up all the wrapping paper that was in the living room. And she handed me this black tra trash bag. And as soon as I grabbed it, inside the trash bag was an Atari 2600. Now, some of you are going to have to Google what an Atari 2600 is, and you should do that, and you'll find out how awesome it was. And uh, I emphasize was because it is not awesome any longer, but it was awesome at the time. In the 80s, it was, it was great. But now if you were to ask me what was my best Christmas ever, well, I would probably not talk to you about anything that has to do with gifts. In fact, I wouldn't even talk to you about a particular Christmas, per se. What I'd mostly talk to you about is all the traditions that I wind up surrounding my Christmases with right now. The, the traditions or the, the things that my family does that gives Christmas meaning for me or that just makes this time of year special for us. For example, I'd probably tell you about my wife and me and my two girls sitting on the couch Christmas Eve night with hot chocolate in our mugs, and we're sitting watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special, which is what we do every year. And I'd probably have to tell you about me tearing up every time Linus reads the Christmas story. And I don't know why that is. I'm not even an emotional guy, but he gets me every single year. So there's that. I'd probably tell you about Christmas morning at my house when my family comes over and we cook this massive breakfast and we all sit around the dining room table, which is like the only time of the year we actually use the dining room, and how we sit around and we enjoy that meal together because it's become a, tr a tradition for us. I'd probably tell you about my daughters uh, and me and my wife on Christmas morning before we ever open a single gift and one of my kids reading the Christmas story from the Bible. It was a tradition that was passed down from my parents to me. And when the girls were little and they couldn't read, I would read the Christmas story before we opened presents. But now that they can and they're older, I've allowed them to do that. And it's just a blessing to our family when we get focused on why we're there doing what we're doing instead of just tearing into presents. I tell you about us driving around as a family and 
looking at Christmas lights and on and on and on and on, all these great traditions. They're just these moments where we're not thinking about how much money we have to spend or how many people we have left to buy gifts for. We're not fighting a crowd at a store. Or we're not going from one Christmas event or gathering or party to the next. And you probably had this experience too. My wife and I have many times sat down at the end of Christmas break and we sort of look back on our Christmas and we've asked ourselves this question. We said, did we even have moments like that? Did we even slow down enough to really feel Christmas? Did we experience the meaning of it? Did we, did we do anything that even mattered? Is there anything about this Christmas this year that's going to last beyond the tree that we just took down or the cookies that we just ate? Because, see, we all talk about Christmas being this season of joy and peace. And the truth is many of us get to the end of Christmas and we have neither. We haven't experienced much joy and we certainly don't feel a whole lot of peace. And, see, it's for that reason that we decided, as a church family, we want to fix that. So we said we're going to take these Sundays leading up to Christmas and we're going we're gonna to hopefully prepare ourselves and, and, and make it true that we can look back on Christmas and say, this was our best Christmas ever. And it, right here in the service, we've taken some time out of our service to get us focused on the season of Advent and, and the Christmas season and what it means and, and all of those different aspects. And, and each message during this series, we're going to talk to you about a practice or an activity or, or something that we're encouraging everybody to take part in that we think if you'll do that, It'll make this one of the best Christmases ever. One of those years when, on Christmas night, when, you, when your head hits the pillow, and yes, you're going to be tired, and yes, you had a lot of things going on, and, and maybe it was a little bit hectic, but you can at least look back and say, you know what, but this Christmas, this Christmas was filled with memories. It had some meaning. And this year, we didn't miss the heart of it. This one made a difference. This one was worth it. And you know what? If every Christmas were like this one, I think that would just be okay with me. So here's the deal. If you missed last week, and I know many of you did, we started by offering you some ideas, some thoughts, some activities you can be involved in. And we talked about the first thing that we're inviting everybody at church here to do to make this the best Christmas ever. We said, just like we often do around here, we want to come together and make a huge difference for some people in our community. And the first thing we're doing, many of you have already done this, is we're, we're sponsoring 500 children in our community who are under-resourced, and we're going to participate with Christmas in Coweta, that program in our county that is going to give them Christmas gifts this year. Maybe for, for some of them, a, a Christmas that they could never even imagine having before. And so many of you, starting a few weeks ago, you went and took one of those tags in the lobby that we have, and I just want to remind you, we still have some of those available. In fact, the last time I checked, we still have about 100 kids out of the 500 that we committed to who have yet to be sponsored, and uh, nobody's taken their name. So I want to encourage you one last time. We've got one more week. In fact, the gift's got to come back next Sunday. Remember, bring those unwrapped with the tag attached. But this is your last week to do that. So I want to encourage you, before you leave today, stop out in your lobby, or whatever campus you're at today, and uh, take, take a look and maybe consider sponsoring one of those kids if you haven't done that. Maybe some of you already have, and you would say, you know what? God's blessed me this year, and I can do even more. So maybe you want to stop and, and consider taking another one and shop for one more child. I also want to remind you that we still need volunteers to help us with the gift distribution that we'll be doing on December 21st. And I just tell you, if you've never been a part of this, uh, this event that we put on every year, 
I talk to the volunteers, people who are involved in this every single year, and every time they tell me, it was one of my favorite things that we did all year long. It's just this amazing event where we invite the families that we've sponsored to come to our Sharpsburg campus, and they bring their kids, and we have activities going on in our children's wing where uh, they're doing activities and crafts and all kinds of crazy fun Christmas stuff, and they get to enjoy that. And then we escort the parents, and we bring them here, and, and we, we offer them a chance. to We present them with the gifts, and we offer them a chance to gift wrap their child's gift, and we help them with that. And then they get to take the gifts home, and, and they get to put them under their tree, and they get the, the joy and the dignity of, of, of expressing that and, and giving that to their child. And it's just a great day where we just love on people in our community. We serve them. We interact with them. So we need volunteers to do all of those things, from the gift wrapping to the kids' activities to escorting people and just, just sharing God's love, sharing the love of Jesus with our community. So if you've you haven't volunteered for that yet, and you've got some time on December 21st, we'd love to have you be a part of that. Just go to the website, ashleyparkchurch.com, and you'll find a page right there, Christmas in Coweta Distribution, and you can sign up right there on the website. But the other thing that I'm super excited about, and again, many of you missed this if you weren't here last week, is this new partnership that we announced last week. We have uh, partnered with an organization in our community this Christmas known as RIP Medical Debt. And this is an organization, it's a nonprofit where they are able to identify families in our community who are, uh, who are experiencing crushing amounts of medical debt, people who are living now below the poverty line, and they step in and they're able to renegotiate that medical debt and sometimes pay that debt off for pennies on the dollar. And so we talk to this organization, and they, they tell us that if we do what we typically know that we can do each Christmas and the amount of money that we are able to raise that we quite possibly could pay off $4 million of medical debt in our community. You heard me right, $4 million. Can you imagine that phone call? And this is going to happen. The phone call that some families in our community are going to get this Christmas, and somebody on the other line is going to say, hey, because of the generosity of people right, living right around you, your medical debt is completely gone. I mean, you talk about having the best Christmas ever. I cannot imagine having a better Christmas for those families than having that happen. And we get to be a part of making that happen for them. So last week, you remember Ed announced that we need full participation from everyone at Community Christian to be a part of this. And so we asked if everybody at our church would just make a one-time gift in the amount of, say it with me, thirty-nine ninety-five. <laughs> And not one single penny of this is going to stay with us. We're giving all of this away. My family and I, we participated last week. I'm excited that we were able to do that. And you can get in on this right now. So let me remind you how you can do that. It's on the screen. We've got a special website. It's called dosomething.church. You go to that website. Or if you're on ashleyparkchurch.com, just scroll down to the Do Something page and click there. And it'll take you right to a, a page where you'll click on a big icon. It looks like a stick figure. You click on that. It'll walk you through the whole process. You can give the $39.95 or any other amount that you choose. Maybe you're not able to do that. Maybe it's less. Maybe you can do more, whatever it is. But when this Christmas is over and we find out just how much we were able to do in our community from this county and the surrounding counties and, and just and help these families out, I'm telling you, it's going to be an amazing amazing feeling. So I, I want you to be a part of that. And we all can do this together. I personally, I'm excited. I cannot wait. I hope you can tell. I cannot wait to see what we are able to do together. Well, today, 
I want to invite you to one more thing this Christmas that you can take part in, that you can do, that'll make Christmas matter. Hopefully make it one of your best ever. It'll make Christmas matter for you, make Christmas matter for your family, and ultimately, if you do this, I think it'll make Christmas matter for somebody else. In fact, it's even better than that. If, you, if we do this together, we could literally change people's lives forever in our community. See, here's what we know for sure, because as we've been saying, there's been research done on this. Christmas is the time that no matter who you are, that you want to make nostalgic kind of memories, whether you're a religious person or you're not, a church person or not, those kind of memories that I was just talking to you about. Think about it. Christmas is the time where all of us, we, we pull out the same decorations, we get out the same lights, we, we sing the same songs, play the same Christmas music, we, we, we bake the same cookies, and we, we do all of this stuff every single year, and it's the same every year, but you know what? We love it, right? It's why we do it, you know? We, we, watch, we watch the same movies, we watch the same Christmas specials, we, we eat the same meals, but we just love the time that we spend doing these things. It's that one time of year where we all sort of come together. And it's the one time of year when our culture is just saturated with Jesus. I mean, even if you don't consider yourself to be a church person, you get that Christmas is about, well, Jesus, and he was born in the manger, and there's Mary, and there's Joseph, and there's the angels, and then there's the star, and the whole thing, and then you got the little drummer boy over in the corner playing his drum. Okay, that part's not in it. In fact, that's just a song. In the case you didn't know that, I'm sorry to burst your bubble on that, but no drummer boy. But the, all the rest, yes. So the point is this. For people who aren't even connected to church or not even consider themselves church people, they get that Christmas is about Jesus, and they get that there's some significance behind that, but here's what they don't know. Many of them don't understand how all the Jesus stuff fits with all the other stuff. I mean, what difference does having Jesus as a part of Christmas even really make, right? Because you take him out of it, and we still have presents, and we'd still have a tree, and we'd still do lights, and we'd still get together as a family, and we'd still have a meal. And many people are wondering, what, what difference does the Jesus story even make when it comes to Christmas in the end? Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, like me, that thought ought to sound so outrageous to your ears that it doesn't even make sense. I mean, we would say, but of course it matters. <laughs> but I mean, the story of Jesus is Christmas. It's the greatest news the world's ever heard. I mean, can you, can you even imagine the, the God of the universe who, who created this whole thing, who set it all up and, and made this world work, didn't just walk away from his creation. He didn't just leave us on our own. And he's not even sitting up in heaven just standing there waiting for us to step out of line so he can crush us. No, he's intimately involved in what's going on in our world. But at the same time, he's not happy about it. He's not happy that we fail or that we struggle or that we hurt or that we die. And because of that, God did something about it. Something that we can never do on our own. Better than and even that, God came and, and was one of us. He became one of us. He became a baby in a barn, and he grew up, and he experienced life just the way you and I experienced life. And then he went to a cross, and he rescued us by overcoming sin and death and the grave. And he's alive forever, and now he offers us hope in this life and in the life to come. That's what Christmas is all about. And the truth is, 
that fact, the story of Jesus, the, the truth about Christmas, that's what's changed my life. And I know for many of you, that's what's changed your life. In fact, I want you to do something for a second. If you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to do a mental exercise with me for just a second. I want you to imagine your life, but I want you to subtract Jesus. Everything. Everything that Jesus has meant to you. I want you to subtract every blessing he's ever blessed you with. Every, everything Jesus has ever taught you about life. Subtract his forgiveness. Subtract his love for you. Subtract his guidance for your life. Subtract every answered prayer. Every way that Jesus has made your life better, made you better at life. Subtract every relationship you've ever had as a result of being a follower of Jesus. Take out everything, everything he ever touched in your life and just subtract it from your life. Now, I know for most of you, if you're like me, you can't do that. I mean, that mental exercise for me, that's impossible. See, Jesus is not a part of my life. Jesus is my life. I'm nothing without him. You take Jesus out of my life, I don't have a life. And see, I know that for many of you, you you're saying the exact same thing. You're thinking those exact same thoughts. You would never want to experience life without Jesus and everything that he means to you because he matters more to you than you can even describe or imagine. And the reason I bring that up and the reason I had you think those thoughts is because here's the truth. There are people that you work with, people that you live with, people you go to school with, people you do business with. And not just for the Christmas time, but all the time, their life is missing Jesus. That one thing that you can't imagine your life without, it's missing in theirs. But... What if this Christmas, that all changed? And what if that all changed as a result of what you did? What if you were responsible for helping someone find in their life what you can't imagine your life without? What if you introduced Jesus to someone? I think that might be the best Christmas ever. And not just for that person, which it would be. It'd be the best Christmas for you. So in order to do that, for us to make that the best Christmas ever, I want to teach you something. In fact, I want to teach you a habit that I want to invite you to adopt this Christmas. But not just for this Christmas. This is a habit that you can carry with you all throughout the year. This can go on forever. But specifically at Christmas time, I want to teach you the habit of inviting people Inviting them to come and to experience Jesus through your church, specifically this Christmas. Now, I know what some of you are already thinking. You're thinking, well, okay, I know what he means. He means that he wants me to go out and befriend somebody and get to know them and hear their story and, and get close to them and, 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 and really get to know their life and love them and serve them because, you know, People are not projects, they're people, and Jesus loves people, and we're supposed to go love people. And then as I get to know that person over time, when I come to a place where it doesn't feel too uncomfortable or too awkward or too religious-y, then I'm going to invite that person to church. And let me just say, that's great. We should all be doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, that's a good thing. That's not what I want to teach you to do today. 
That's not the habit that I'm talking about. I want to ask you to do something different, something that for some of you is going to feel a bit out of your comfort zone. In fact, some of you are going to be shocked when you hear me say this. But I want to ask you to develop the habit in your life of inviting people that you don't know very well. In fact, I want you to invite strangers to join you at church, specifically this Christmas Eve. Now, before you freak out, I'm going to make it easy for you. And if you've been around Community Christian for any length of time, you already heard us talk about this. I want to teach you three conversational triggers, three things that when you hear them said in a conversation, it's going to be your trigger, your reminder, hey, now's a good time to make an invitation, specifically to the Christmas Eve services at my church. We call them the three knots. But now this time, I've actually created a new set of knots. These are the three knots Christmas edition, all right? So I'm going to teach you these three things that when you hear them, they're going to be your reminder, your trigger. Now's the time to invite this person to join me at Christmas Eve at Community Christian. Because we've said this before, almost everybody these days around Christmas time is thinking about possibly attending a church service for Christmas. It's one of the easiest invitations that you can make for the year. But from now on, you're going to be listening. Here are your three triggers. And when you hear them, one of them, you're going to make an invitation. So here's the first one. It's when somebody says that I'm not in church, but specifically, I'm not going to church on Christmas, or I don't have a church where I can celebrate the Christmas season. When you listen and you hear somebody say that, you're going to make an invitation. And again, it's one of the most easiest conversations to have, because here's what's going to happen. We have these conversations all throughout the holidays. You're going to be at a Christmas party, or hanging out with some friends, or you're going to be at a restaurant or at a coffee shop, or you're just going to be interacting with someone at work, and you're going you're gonna to ask them this question, because we always ask this question around Christmas. Hey, what do you and your family have planned? Or what are some of your traditions? Or what are you guys going to do? Or where are you going to go for Christmas? And we always say the same things. We're going to say, well, you know, the family's coming over. We're going to have dinner, and we're going to open presents. Or we're going to head to this place and do this thing. We're going to have this party, and we're doing all this stuff. And people are talking about what they're doing around Christmas time. And then a very simple question to ask them is, well, are you going to church anywhere? Are you going to catch a Christmas service this year? And when they say no, you should just say, well, you should come to my church. We're having this great Christmas Eve service. I think you'll like it. You should come with me. That's the first not that you're listening for. Here's the second one. I'm not prepared, but here's the Christmas twist on this one. How many times have you been in a conversation around Christmas and you've heard someone say or talk about all the stuff they've got going on that's just flat out stressing them out? around the holidays, right? People talk about all these gifts I've got to buy, and here's all the family get-togethers we've got to do, and we've got to get all the groceries bought, and we've got to cook all the food, and all the decorating and the lights, and it's just stressing me out. And it's like we're struggling so hard to get prepared for what's coming around Christmas that most of us don't even have the time to slow down and actually enjoy Christmas. How many times have you had that conversation? How many times have you said that in a conversation? I know I have. So the next time you hear that, that I'm stressed out or I'm not prepared or Christmas is just hectic, here's what you say. You just say something like this. Say, you know, you should come to my church for Christmas Eve because I feel the same way around Christmas. And we know that everybody feels stress around Christmas and we never feel prepared or we never feel like we actually slow down to take it all in. So we just thought as a church we'd help. So we're just, we're just planning one hour 
of just a time where we're going to come together and get away from all the chaos, and we're going to experience a little bit of Christmas joy, a little bit of Christmas peace, and I think you'd love it. I think it'd be just what you needed to maybe slow down and experience Christmas. And then you can tell them about the website, or you can tell, hand them one of those invite cards that you've got on your chair. That's your other trigger. And here's the final one, the third one. Life's not going well, particularly when life gets hard around Christmas time because it just is, right? I mean, so many people in our world, and maybe even some of you, would just say, 2019, it's been tough. It hasn't been the best year. And when you come to around, around to Christmas and the holidays, when everybody's expected to be happy and joyful and excited, for many people, it just makes it worse. It highlights all the negative that's going on because many people have lost loved ones or they've just lost a job or they're having financial trouble or they're just in a, a struggle in their relationship. And for, for them, Christmas is not all joy and peace and happiness. And they're struggling to find joy this Christmas. I've been there. I know you have too. And whenever you hear someone say that or they describe their Christmas as just being hard for them this year, that's another cue for you to just say, listen, man, I get it. Life's tough for me too. I've gone through seasons just like you're describing and I've struggled to find joy at Christmas. But you know what? Can I just tell you what's helped me get through times like that? It's the people that I know at my church. It's the stuff that I learn through my church, the, the things that I've learned from Jesus. And I know you're not feeling very much Christmas joy right now, but I think if you came with me at Christmas Eve, you'd love it. And I think for just maybe an hour or so, it might make things a little bit better. See, you can extend those kind of invitations everywhere you go. Standing in line at a grocery store, sitting in a booth of a restaurant, at an office Christmas party, anywhere you go. Those are just simple invitations. So when you hear somebody say, look, I'm not going to church to celebrate Christmas, or this Christmas season I just don't feel prepared, or I'm so stressed out, or right now life is just not going well, it's hard, that's your trigger to say, hey, come with me. Come with me to church on Christmas Eve. And can I say one other thing? Many of us wind up making invitations to Christmas that are just really random and, and really generic. And I want to invite us to not do that anymore. I want you to make your, your invitation more specific. And here's how I want you to do it. Instead of just saying, hey, come to my church whenever or come sit wherever, I want you to make it more specific and more personal. Say this. Hey, I want you to come to Christmas Eve service with me. And I want you to sit with me. Make it more personal. Make it more specific. Come to Christmas Eve. Come and sit with me. In fact, I'm going to be at the 430 service this year. And, and you could sit right where me and my family are going to be sitting. We sit in the same place all the time. Or, better than that, you could say this. Hey, if you're coming, let me know. I'll wait for you in the lobby. I'll stand at the front door, and I'll be there when you get there. And I'll walk you in. I'll introduce you to people. I'll help you find a seat. I'll help you get your kids checked in. See, even if this is somebody that you hardly even know, that's still a better invitation than just come whenever. Because now, you know how hard it is to walk into a place where you don't know a single face. Now at least I know somebody. And it makes the whole experience less intimidating. I'll tell you another thing you can use. This is a tool that we provide on our website. You may not know this, but especially right now at our Christmas websites, ashleyparkchristmas.com, we've got a tool at the bottom of that page. We call it our plan your visit tool. And it's a place where your friend can go and 
and fill out information, let us know that they're coming and how to contact them. And someone from our staff will begin a conversation with that person. And we'll start interacting with them. We'll get to know them. We'll find out if their kids are coming. And we'll pre-register their kids for children's ministry if they want us to do that. And we'll have a person, if it's not you and you're not able to meet them at the front door, we will have a person waiting for them, watching for them at the front door to escort them in the building whenever they show up. It's a great tool that you can provide to your friend. And it's right there on our webpage. So, let's review one last time. This Christmas, we're all going to be listening, right? Those three conversational triggers, the three nights. And whenever someone says, I'm not in church, I'm not going to church this Christmas, I'm not prepared for Christmas, or life's not good at Christmas, that's our cue. And we're going to say, hey, come sit with me this Christmas Eve. You know what? Maybe they'll say yes. Or maybe they won't. But even if they don't, Here's what I'm pretty confident of. I think that will make your Christmas your best Christmas ever. Because this year, we'll be listening. We'll be engaged. We'll be helping our community find their way back to the one that we can't imagine our life without. And I think that could make your Christmas that much better. And listen, if this gives you some pause and you think, ah, that's too aggressive, or I don't want to be one of those Christians, and, and, and I think this might turn somebody I know off, can I just ask you to think about one thing? Just one thing, okay? Yes, they might say no, sure. But some of them might say yes. And if that someone says yes, think about what it would have been if you had not extended the invitation. Because here's the truth. That's what someone did for you. Someone somewhere along the line in your life took a risk. They invited you. They introduced you to a church. or They talked to you about Jesus. They shared their story. They pointed the way to Jesus for you. And here's what I know with 100% certainty. You're not mad at that person. Think about it. In fact, bring that person to your mind right now. The person, if you're a follower of Jesus right now, you're following him. Think about the person that introduced you to him, the person who invited you to church, the person who told you their story, who was an influence in your life. Just bring that person's face to your mind. I'll bet there's one thing you are not thinking right now about that person. You are not thinking, man, I wish they'd kept their mouth shut. I wish they'd just left me alone. Man, they ruined my life. I, that is not what you're thinking, are you? But I bet I do know what you're thinking. Thank God for that person. Thank God that they cared. Thank God that they spoke up. Thank God that they loved me enough. Thank God that they invited me and were willing to introduce me to Jesus, the one that I can't even imagine my life without. I owe that person everything. And what if? What if they hadn't said anything? What if they hadn't cared? This Christmas, you could be that person for somebody else. And all it would take is a simple invitation. Come, sit with me this Christmas Eve. We can do this, guys. And we can make this their best Christmas and your best Christmas ever. Let's bow for prayer. God, right now, I just want to ask you to, would you go before us, go ahead of us, you already know the folks that we're going to be interacting with in these next few weeks. And would you just go ahead ahead of us and prepare that moment? And God, would you be in that moment when we hear those, those triggers and we start thinking about maybe this is a time 
to offer that invitation, would you, would you give us the courage to love that person and care enough to offer that invitation? Because God, where would we be without it? Because there was a time in our lives when you used someone to invite us. God, may we do that for someone else this Christmas. Go with us, go before us, and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, before you leave, one last thing. Don't forget, on your way out the door, stop in the lobby, and if you can, sponsor one more child for Christmas, for Christmas in Coweta. And if you already have, don't forget, next week is the week to bring the presents back, unwrapped with the tag attached. We'll see you next week. Uh, Thanks for being here. You're dismissed.